Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Ambridge on the Couch, an in-depth look at the Archers with me, Harriet Carmichael, Lucy Freeman and Mr. Newbie. Before we dive in, let's remind ourselves of what happened last week with Lucy's Week in Ambridge. This week was brought to you by the truly English death of a truly English gentleman. No talk of eternity or sorrow, no wailing or gnashing of teeth, just worrying about biscuits, train travel and whether or not the house was tidy. (laughs) R.I.P. Bert Fry. We began the week with Rex planning how he would show his father the the rewilding. Hi, Dad. These are the tents. (laughs) These are the lights that only work when the sun's out. And these are the big steaming compost loos. Oh, look, there's my friend Phoebe, Dad. She's using one of them while she's freelancing. (laughs) Sadly, we never got to say hello to smarmy Robin Fairbrother as he had to go to London to eat foam and jus with a celebrity chef. That made me sad as I enjoyed Robin's total incredulity at the fact that he paid £140 million a year for his two boys to go to school with the net result that one of them is a minicab driver and the other is shacked up with his baby mama in a cottage made of straw and makes his living selling moonshine from a bucket. Over at Brooker's, it was the harvest pudding. We can't call it supper, as A, supper happens at 10.30 at night and consists of hot chocolate and a digestive biscuit, or cheese on toast if you are really lucky or want to be up half the night convinced that you're being chased by Thomas Shackenaffer through Heathrow airports with no trousers on. And B, all anyone seemed to be eating was puddings, owing to David and Ruth never being in the same scene together and therefore having to rely on texting each other with all salient information like... For God's sake, we've got 47 puddings. Tell someone to bring macaroni cheese. P.S. I thought you were supposed to be in charge of this. <laughs> Kenny and Dave were sniggering away at Bert's poems before he died. Obviously, they're not that juvenile. But I don't know why, as people would still rather have listened to Bert's doggerel than those two telling jokes that the crankies would have turned their noses up at. The speech was, at the end, delivered by Jim Archer. Her Majesty the Queen of Embridge. She was so regal, I was expecting her to welcome our friends in the Commonwealth and around the world. We very nearly got to hear Jill's very weird joke twice, but I thought her joke about giving thanks for COVID was far funnier. However, the only thing that was gathered in was, sadly, Bert. Surprise, surprise, Ruth the Angel of Death was there on the spot. I cannot wait for CID to catch up with that woman. She's like Dignitas in wellies. Interesting little footnote here in the Archer's children's scene. Once upon a time, Kenton bought back a grass skirt for Shula from Tahiti. 
She'd need a hundred weight of turf now, I think. Also, <laughs> once again, one of them said, we should really do this more often, which they say every time they've managed to get through an entire social gathering without someone stomping off in tears. Ben was very upset, bless him, that he had not been able to do anything but stand by while his mother killed Bert. And it made him question whether or not he should be a nurse. Yes, of course you should, Ben. Not because you might be any good at it or not, but because now Amy Franks is drifting about like a fart in a phone box, there is absolutely no one in the village with any medical knowledge whatsoever. No doctor, as your auntie Shula has chased them all out of the village panting. No nurse, no dentist, no surgeon. I bet no one's even the St John's ambulance. I mean, there's Lee, but all he can do is tell you how to either kick it or stretch it, neither of which is much good. Alistair knows where things are, but only when you're on all fours and you don't want him strapping the rubber gloves on and telling you to bend over when you've just come in for athlete's foot. So you're it, Ben, my love. <laughs> Ambridge's sole hope for survival when it comes to medical intervention. You've got one death under your belt so far. The hard bit's done. Now it's just a matter of learning how to fish people out of culverts, bandaging after toaster incidents and performing CPR through tractor windows. Russ described Freddy as an annoying little tick. The thing is, Russ, he's 19. That's when you're supposed to be an annoying little tick. In fact, it's more worrying if you're not one. The big issue is when you're still one at 42. Then you ought to be taking a good look at yourself. Just saying. Ruth, flushed with guilt at having killed Bert, went round to the bungalow and behaved in a slightly odd manner about tidying Bert's room. As if she was expecting him to have died leaving a crack pipe, a copy of Fiesta and a fireman's outfit on the duvet. Ruth and Rex were both behaving strangely, but they do seem to get on very well, which bodes well for when Rex has her for a mother-in-law. And then Trevor arrived. Oh, I was looking forward to this. <laughs> Julian Rind Tut, having provided me with one of my key formative sexual moments when he drove around the hospital corridor starkers on a motorbike in Greenwing. But what do we get? Someone who sounded like Mackenzie Crook off The Office. If making this sex god of a man into a man that even Tony Archer described as boring is your idea of a hilarious joke, Archer's scriptwriters, I hope you get ringworm and the staggers, you stinkers. The end. <laughs> Uh, dignitas in welly. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting a bit of a record, isn't she? I, I mean, all I remember about this week, obviously, it was like the Trevor show, wasn't it? Yep. This week, but yep. but that, but what was that episode? Jesus, where it's Ru a bungalow <laughs> where, where Ruth and Rex were going. Oh, there's a bit of tornail over here, Rex. <laughs> oh. A bit of screwed up paper in the waste bin. Uh, it was like, and Rex is like, there's one, two, three, four, cuddly. Uh, 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 so then I was thinking, okay, so it's building up, building up, yeah. and we're going to find a dead body or something. Yeah. Or we're going to discover no. that he had a double life and another family in, you know. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. I just, what, what, it, nothing happened unless, uh, and then I was thinking, maybe I missed, maybe I missed a crucial underlying sort of thing but nothing no no what nothing. was it then i what don't know i don't i because don't know then, and then it was like rex oh yeah trevor wants me to collect this these four random objects yes you know like a and sort of trevor's Marple. coming anyway so why yeah. could trevor just not get them when he arrived well i thought oh god oh because they're incriminating evidence aren't they or oh something. blimey but that's no, I mean, that's what I, that's what i assumed otherwise why would rex have to collect them up so quickly and they were all really random uh, it was all bizarre wasn't it it was so odd and they just kept talking sorry the noise you can hear in the yes, background actually i do apologize <laughs> when you said oh my god when you 
said um, uh, at the beginning of this podcast, shall I shall I sing Keeper Out? And I was like, no, he adds a lovely ambience <laughs> to the podcast. Not I now. didn't realise, actually, he's working on a building site. What he's doing is his favourite thing at the moment is a, um, a plastic sledge, <laughs> a snow sledge. <laughs> Ah, and he's discovered that he could use the sledge to hit his other favourite thing, which is a baseball. So he is playing tennis by himself, basically, whacking a baseball with the sledge. It sounded like it sounded like he was heckling you with rocks. Yes, it's good. <laughs> that has happened before. And I was like, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. At least he was quite funny this week, actually. <laughs> Hang on, t- I'm going to open the door yeah. to let this sodding dog out. He's driving me bananas. Hang on a minute. Lucy will be back in five minutes. Five minutes and Lucy will return. La, 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 la. If you've been affected by Bert's death, please call Lucy Freeman on... Oh, double seven, double seven. I can hear so- you, you know. <laughs> oh, for, I, did, I liked the way that they didn't make a big silly song and dance about Bert. That, yes. That, that he, his death was treated as gently and uh, sweetly yeah. as he is himself. Yes, exactly. There was no, um, nobody had hysterics. Um, and it was, it was actually used to move the plot on in some respects, which was sort of quite, quite interesting, I thought. Well, all the and, bit about um, finding those incriminating, finding the bunting no, in his bungalow. Because, because that's Midsummer Murders again, isn't it, Harriet? <laughs> We've been through this. Nobody gets murdered that oh, often. Oh, so annoying. <laughs> um, uh, no, I just thought it was, it was, it was nice. And I, that, the, I actually really, really related to Ben this week. Me too. When he said he couldn't, uh, didn't know what to do when he died and he just stood there. Mm-hmm. When I worked at the Holly Street Clinic, a lady went into cardiac arrest on the table when she was having an x-ray and I was in the office and my boss just came flying around the corner and said, uh, hit the emergency, get the, get, we need the crash, uh, the crash trolley. And um, she said, the number's there. And I looked oh, at the number gosh. and I looked at the, all I had to do was, pick up the phone and dial this number and I looked at the keypad and I just couldn't do it I just completely froze my it was like the numbers didn't look like numbers they just looked like marks and I didn't know what they meant it was so odd and she uh she came realized what had happened she realized I'd just frozen and she came back in literally pushed me out the way rang them and the lady was fine but the guilt I felt about that that she would have been much worse if she died. Obviously, it would, oh, would have been God. horrendous. But it was bad enough then because I thought she could have done. And I just stood there like a burk. But then as... Um, but but then that's not your fault. You went into shock, presumably, didn't you? And and as Beth said, you're, you probably wouldn't do that the next time it no. happened. And that's why nurses get... They have to do basic life support training every six months. Because right. even if they've been doing it for 30 years, they still have to do it every six months because you can't trust that the panic isn't going to take over. No. You have to have that link there that's stronger than the panic. Yeah. Yeah. It's like my sister-in-law was saying that the other day when she was training to be a vet. She did like a, a week of, um, you know, uh, surgery, basically, you know, when she was in mm. training. And she was fine every day, except on the last day. They weren't 
even doing an operation. The vet was just shaving a cat and suddenly she knew she was going to faint and she nearly went over and she just about saved herself. But then ever since then, she said, so if anyone's ever in training, I'm always like, if you need to faint, don't, you know, don't worry. You'll get, you know, it's just, it's just natural, isn't it? You're just, you're, I suppose if it's an experience, yeah. It just, sorry, oh my God, we're getting off, getting off the arches again. Sorry, I'm talking about vets again. Oh my god, I'm obsessed. I keep forgetting. I just keep forgetting that we're doing a podcast and I'm not just chatting to you about boring things. Like it's not, not it's boring, boring but it is, but yeah. It, I, and I, th- no, I so, so I really sh- related to him and I really understood what he meant when yes. he said I just stood there. You know, it must have been. I agree. Awful. I really, I've, I really like Ben now. Mm. He's just so nice and yeah. and. Um, not he's not silly is he he's no. just a good guy and he's and he's and he's not um not too good and not too earnest he's a normal bloke isn't yeah. he yeah and yeah absolutely and uh he just and she said you know um uh, his girlfriend she said you know you you are kind and you are yeah you caring. Know, you're, you're caring and you notice things about and you made him laugh didn't you the last <laughs> and actually that was quite sweet that yeah, actually that they were playing cribbage and even ruth i know she's a murderess but mm. she um it was moving when she said you know the last time she did cpr it was her mum. yeah you know that must have made her feel yeah. really you know quite but 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 again nothing was overplayed no. or overdone was it no. it was all really well apart from the you know that thing when they were wandering around looking for whatever it was it, it's like they were doing an escape yeah. have you ever done an escape room <laughs> yes but that's what it's I like mean. what they were doing they were like and we need to find a yes, blue bookmark exactly that's something to do with the isle of man you know and they were <laughs> Exactly. Why? Well, like when Rex was literally <laughs> counting out the cufflinks like he was doing play school. Yeah. It was like one, two, and then one sound effect, two sound effect. It was just bizarre. Yeah. Surely that, well, I think what happened was that was an old um, storyline that got scrapped, but they forgot, to, <laughs> they forgot to take that scene out. Because what was that about? What, I don't why know. did we have to go through that well i remember writing down uh well i didn't remember i'm looking at it now on my notes i've just written what are the things which <laughs> which you wouldn't think would make much sense or jo- be a remotely memory joggy but it was just the fact that you know he just kept saying about we've got to get bert's things bert's things we've got the sister things we've got to get and i was going what are the things because it's like also it's like presumably just rubbish Presumably he had like a watch or something. And if you were yeah. Trevor, wouldn't you be like, oh, do you mind just packing yeah. away his, you know, mum's old, mum's wedding ring and dad's watch. And yeah. Not like um, some, <laughs> you know, random bit of fluff from dad's pocket. <laughs> that, you know, or, or Can I have got, dad's toenail clippers? Has he got They're any <laughs> cornflakes left? Uh, <laughs> any packets of sugar puffs? And also my toothbrush has just snapped. So if he's got, can I have <laughs> yeah, his? Yeah. No. He was so, but then I, I agree, like, there was a nice bonding thing with Rex and Ruth. They seem to have a really easy relationship, yeah. don't they? Yeah. I mean, Rex played a blinder this week, I thought. He was yeah. his old, boring yes. self, but he fitted in really well and wherever he, he yeah. went. Yes, he did. And he was very, very sort of concerned. He did the right things. He was anxious to make sure everything was all right. And it was quite sweet when he said, oh, oh, should I be doing that? You know, yeah. when it was... Because it is difficult yeah. if you haven't had any experience of... Of, and you've of, never of, met of, the family of death and you've never met the family it's really difficult to know what to and he had to be the one to tell trevor and all that are we going but to talk could, about the fact that they ruined 
my sexual fantasies about Julian Reintut well, by making uh, him uh, Trevor. Obviously, I'm a lot long, younger, younger than you, than, Lucy. Mm, <clears throat> so mm, I, uh, to mm, me, mm, Julian mm, Reintut has always been just a radio person right um with a posh voice mm. um i've never and cheekbones I've ever... that you could cut yes bricks didn't with. he play um does he play the new you know like there was old rumple rumple yes he is yes. and then he's benedict cumberbatch yeah. did it and yeah. now he does it yes. and he's just brilliant isn't yes he? yes <sighs> well he was in did you see him naked then yeah Ooh. just side on in in green wing where he was with i'm too um, young uh tamsin thing, yeah. Oh, yeah he plays Debbie Archer. Debbie Archer. Yes. But he is such a good actor, isn't he? He is, because even as Trevor, and actually, you know, if you saw your casting brief, you, it could have been played so yeah. badly. Whereas actually, he, he was so funny, wasn't he? His, and, um, God, his timing is amazing. Amazing. I was laughing my head off at and, Trevor. And, and as we, do you remember when, who else was it came in? Margot Cabon Smith and yeah. she, you know do you remember how brilliant yeah. she was yeah. and she made everyone else brilliant yeah. and I thought this I, that again happened this week I thought the timing was so good again yeah. and I don't know the script was maybe it's I don't know the style of the script as well there was a, it was a, it was it was like really um quick wasn't it and sort of um and it was it was completely ridiculous this kind of 15 minute kind of right you've got to have 15 minutes with Trevor you know yeah. before the next but then when Tony suddenly started oh. shouting Badger oh so, so funny I mean I was they, ba- they badger crying. you they badger you these Badger <laughs> and it was so brilliant to have Leonard coming yeah. in as they're sort of you Who know like, what's going on was... I, I, I've already had my stint <laughs> I don't mind doing another half <laughs> Badger, they do, they do. But Badger, what? Oh, Badger, yeah. yeah. And Eddie's just forgotten and gone wandering off to play dance. Even when he was like, when Tony's like, um, yes, um, uh, Trevor, he's just talking about the sandwiches he he had in Bruges. He's like Strasbourg. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was brilliant, wasn't it? It was so different as well. So, do we think that Trevor is now? A he's fixture. Got it. He's got to stay. So in. Trevor and Barbara will come. Will come back to oh, the village. Bet Barbara's good. Because <laughs> I'd sort of had Trevor lined up for Joy Horville in my head. Yeah, I don't know. I, because I think no, because I don't think Trevor is boring. I mean, you know, like compared to Rex, he's a bundle <laughs> of. He's he's quite engaging. I mean. I didn't think anything he said was boring, actually. I was genuinely like, oh, what are the fillings in uh, in Brussels? Gosh. But, you know, but then you, you could see he was, because Tony then, Tony was like, oh, we've been to Brussels. And then he spoke straight yeah. over him, didn't he? But actually, I don't think he's, I think that they got the wrong act. Or I don't know, maybe Julian Reintart just played it in too charming a way yeah. to make him boring. But also he did that thing. Uh, Trevor as a character they gave him this really good thing of calling everybody mate alright mate yes mate, which yes. is if someone's calling you mate it's really hard it's to then endearing yes say I'm not your mate and I don't want to talk to you anymore because you're very boring goodbye and then leave so do you, th- do you think it's that because I noticed that Nick Warburton wrote um uh, I think one of at least one of the Trevor episodes oh, okay. and there's something about his style of writing I think that makes it 
it's quite unarchesy. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very a, choppy. Very it's, choppy. It's very choppy yeah. and and lively. There's no big yes droning. Which so it doesn't yeah. sound like uh, maybe it just sounds more like a play. Yes. you know, rather than yeah. a sort of um. I don't know, soap opera, I guess. Yeah. Or it's less conversational, isn't it? It's yeah. more sort of like, or, or it, the, the punchlines are snappy. Yeah. And, yeah. But I don't know, I, I actually well, really... Well, there are punchlines, which makes yes. a pleasant change. <laughs> <laughs> Except poor old Jill. Oh, my God. Where did she did that? Oh, no, but poor Jill. It's, I guess it's because she's obviously, she, I don't know, eight, in her 80s. Mm. And when she was doing that... Oh, Mrs. Williams. Yeah. Mrs. Williams. Okay, when she was telling Rex the um, story, yeah. and I, I had to listen back four times because I didn't hear her. I was going, <laughs> what? Because she was going, and she came in, Rex, and um, she said, oh, my friend said, oh, Mrs. Williams has got her harvest bloomers on. And then she said, they must be good. <laughs> and I, I couldn't hear the punchline. And I kept listening back and I was like, I, I just, I couldn't understand what she'd said. She'd said they gathered in. Yeah, all is, all yeah, is okay, safely all gathered is in. Gathered yeah. in. It just took me so and then long Rex, to hear Rex, it. the blooming sycophant, goes, "That's you'll kill them with that one, Jill." I and I oh, thought, yeah. really, really, not Rex. if I kill you first. <laughs> no, you should have gone. Sorry, Jill. Could you say that again? I didn't quite get it but um but then it's a shame again then jill was like oh is it too racy <laughs> oh. and, and i thought actually i, I thought well obviously cause it's not that funny but it's a shame she didn't then say it i yeah. mean it was silly to not make her do a you know jill's version of a joke yeah actually it was quite sweet really wasn't it yeah Yes, and then in the I end she had to say something a bit too pious. I don't know why pious. she suddenly chickened out of doing no, it. No, oh, it's because she wanted because it had to be more earnest. Because she oh. thought because it's a harvest supper and it's religious, she couldn't oh, talk I about see. knickers. Oh, so, for Lord's sake! I know it was annoying actually because it would have been good. I think they should have actually given Jill a really sort of um, you know the equivalent yeah. speech that Dave and um, Kenton would have done, <laughs> and then full of knob jokes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, uh, You know, like oh, look at his marrow. <laughs> You know, it would have been, would have been a bit, would have been livelier, wouldn't it? But it's a harvest supper. Oh my god! And then I was like, you know, lo- you know, last week we were saying we literally couldn't think of anything worse than going to the harvest supper. Yeah, there is something worse than going to the harvest supper. Going to Shula's placement. Oh god! Parishes yes. harvest supper with Shula probably <laughs> doing the speech. And being like super eager. And talking to lots of inner city people saying, this is a carrot. I doubt any of you have ever seen one of these. Now I know it's orange and you'll be thinking that's batter. But actually, we like to think of it as God's batter. I was like, you know, I was thinking on my way here, God's a little bit like that, isn't he? I saw some graffiti on a wall and I thought, yeah. I splattered out my feet when Elizabeth was like, oh no, she's at her placement parish. I was like, oh my God, poor thing. You know, that's why it all went well and nobody was bitching yes. at anybody else. Because she wasn't there. I know. And that's why David and Elizabeth and Kenton were getting on so well because they're all quite funny. And, you and know, Elizabeth like, was actually they, funny. And she oh, said... She's, when she, she said about oh, no, people are people are being are being triggered by whatever it was cauliflower, and we have to have the oh, yeah. for them cancelling and stuff. And I was thinking, 
Who is this? What have you done with Elizabeth? Because you're actually being quite amazing. It's because they're the, well, the, in inverted commas, they're the naughty ones, aren't mm-hmm. they? Whereas Sheen yeah. is the pious as but she's always one. the She's also the one that ramps up the tension. Yes. She's well, like, she, you know when you do that? has to speak. You know to when, you, when you tune a guitar and you tighten the thing at the end? <laughs> tight, it's like, tighten the knobs. Yeah, she comes into every, every, every situation that she's in and just yes. racks up, just ratchets up the tension slightly so that everyone's slightly twitchier and slightly yes. snappier and slightly more irritable than they would normally be. But that's, and then before you like... know where you are, everyone's arguing. That's the thing, isn't it? It's like being at the school fete or something and you're on a stool and you're having mm. a brilliant time and then someone from the PTA comes over yeah. and you're like suddenly all on edge yes. because they're on edge yeah. and it just ruins it, doesn't it? Yes. it? It is like there is that type of person like Sheila. Yes. Just ca- you cannot relax because they're not relaxed. We had to, at the last one I presided over. What, the before, last Harvest Supper? No, the last oh. PTA school fete thing. Um... Uh, we had a candy floss machine. Oh, yeah. And I have to tell you, it is not the thing. If you're a novice and it's windy, it's oh not. This woman walked past me and she looked like she'd been sort of sandblasted in pink. Her hair was all up on end. Oh. It was everywhere. It was in her eyelashes. She was just. Oh, and she just stalked really past me. I know. It's hot sugar. Yes, you could scar somebody with that. She just sort of stalked past me, <laughs> tight-lipped into the staff loose, and I thought, oh, shit. So I didn't do one again. <laughs> You're not coming back, no, Lucy exactly. Freeman. Strike her off the list. <laughs> um, but we love Trevor. We do love Trevor, and we hope he comes back. We hope he comes back. Oh, no, I know what I was going to say about the bungalow. So what I don't understand is how can Rex carry on living there? Because is it not Bert's bungalow? Yes. So it will go to Trev- Trevor now, and now Trevor will decide. But although Trevor... But, Re- seemed... but nobody mentioned that, did they? No. Rex was like, oh, make yourself at home, mate. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hang on a minute, mate. Yeah. I think this is Trevor's home, yeah. isn't it? Because then I thought, oh, is there suddenly going to be... You know, Trevor's come in, he's, you know, seemingly lovely and boring but actually is there going to be is, is all that sort of looking around the bungalow and the three cufflinks mm. and the is is it all going to lead to something unexpected no. no i think it's going to lead to trevor getting on so well with rex he's going to say he can carry on living there oh that's boring not for rex otherwise he'll be sleeping with the pigs in the in the in the newly found wood won't he yes but then how can rex afford to live there yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it was just weird that nobody mentioned mm. the living arrangement. Yes. And that Rex didn't go, oh, yeah. What, what, when are you and Barbara going to move in? Are you going to sell yeah. it? Yeah. You know, or unless, yeah, but unless he's, Trevor. He's too polite, isn't he? So he's too polite because he's, the poor bloke's dad's just died, so. What, Trevor? Yeah. So, yeah, so, I... so he doesn't want to, Rex doesn't want to, Rex is polite and he doesn't want to sort of. Um... Yeah, but then you would have thought Rex might have said to Ruth, oh, I feel a bit awkward. Yeah. I don't know. Should I just I think I'd or, feel yeah. a Rex was like when Rex said, "Feel, make yourself at home." Yeah. I was like, "Well, he, huh? it is. <laughs> it is his home, Rex. Just be careful, Sonny." Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, that, well, that 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 sort of yeah made me wonder if all is not quite as it seems. Actually, if maybe Trevor isn't quite as um bonomous as he appears. On Ambridge soil, we toil and stand. 
with our man. Bert, we hurt. But let's not spurt our true feelings as we and the soil are one. Miss Williams, we thank you and your bloomers. I don't think we spurt is as... (laughs) I'll never become a performance poet, will I? No, thank the Lord for that. We have more than enough of them. Shall we do the emails? Oh, yes, but I've got so much more on my notes, Lucy. Oh, have so you? What else more? have you got? I've you got, got? Uh, Badger! Uh, yes, we've, we've done that. Badger. Um, I've got, um, oh, I heard, um, this will interest you. God, basically, I basically am Trevor. I think that's why I quite like him, because <laughs> I actually felt like he's you a little fr- bit like my dad. Trevor is your spirit and- <laughs> animal, isn't he? Basically, yeah. I found him quite interesting. Okay. Um, 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 what's her name? Um, all right, buddy. What's her name? Jade. Yeah. She was on the radio today. Really? In what? Only being bloody brilliant in a thriller. Oh. On the, in the afternoon play slot, there was this thriller called Hadland, and she was like DCI something or that. Oh my god, she was amazing. Really? And it was really good. Hmm. Yeah, she's like a sort of like uh, she's like a hot actress. And, uh, uh, yeah, and she was just... And, but I was like, God, I didn't recognise that voice. I, uh, it took me ages to work it out. Ages. Because she was really cool and sort of... Anyway, it's Buddy. It's Jade. She's back. But oh, she's busy. Yeah. She's busy. So I thought you'd like to know that. Thank, thank you. you very much. Yes, thank you. That's it for my notes. Thank you. Okay. Thank, thank you. And thank you, over, over Lucy, over to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Tom Peach. Uh, Hi, Tom. Mrs. is back teaching. Hi, Rach. And he was talking about um, the terrifying teacher stare that she has. But he said, her stare this week was also aimed at the occupants of the bull for their lack of empathy for Trevor. And as for being so boring that he empties the bar, if interesting regulars were a prerequisite of business success for the bull, then it would have shut down as soon as Tony turned 18. (laughs) For fuck's sake, get the poor bastard a few more drinks and be a mate. Yes. Finally, I absolutely never think of you as trite. Tart, yes, trite, (laughs) never, he says. Lots of love, Tom. Yeah, trout. He thinks of us as trout. Um, Again, that was like... But actually, it was funny. There was lots of things were addressed this week as well because the bull on a Thursday night I was like when, when I heard it I was like there's millions of people at the bull yeah. but actually no one is bothering to talk to Trevor yeah. where is you know where's Alan FFS where's Kenton it's like as soon as as soon as Alan a bit on a Sunday he like he just clears off out of the village. He's like, whoop, no, I'm not having anything to do with that. It's just, you know, whenever... He's off at the Elms Yeah, whenever, whenever there's anything that requires no, some sort of there. God input, he's off. And when Shula finally runs into ground, he's like, oh, God, come in then. No, What's Shula's the like, <laughs> Shula's like, I can't come and talk to Trevor. I'm, a, I'm at my placement parish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about my placement parish. <laughs> but, um, they but, love okay. me at my placement but, parish. They I, love me there. I'm glad that... Um, that that Jolene said, oh, yeah, it is extraordinarily busy tonight. Because I was like, why is it so busy? It's a Thursday night. We're in COVID. It, like, but they had to... I'm glad that... Because I was thinking that. And then Rex or somebody said, oh, it's busy tonight, isn't it? Mm. But then I thought it was funny that actually Trevor managed to empty out the pot. Again, it was just like a lovely sort of end when Jolene was like, yeah, cheers for that. Well, yeah. <laughs> emptied my pub. <laughs> I know the end line was really odd because I was thinking 
Was that yeah. it? I thought I'd missed a bit because it was sort of like, what do you mean? Yes. Really? And but but also, uh, yeah, but yes, exactly. And then and then but she was like, oh, no, I can't do Halloween after all. I was like, of course you can do a Halloween. Yeah. Bert's not going to be haunting you no. <laughs> out of disrespect for him. Of course you can have a bloody Halloween party. It's a bit selfish not to, to be and honest. Also, and also Bert liked dressing up as But Rex things, got all he? po-faced about it, yeah. didn't he? He was like, oh, I don't think that's a good yes, idea. Yes, I don't think we should do that. Well, <laughs> poor Rex has been sort of, found himself cut, catapulted into the middle of a total stranger's <laughs> mourning process, hasn't he? He doesn't but know now, what... And now he's, he's not... li- now he's living with Trevor. <laughs> he, well, Trevor's christened him the son, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah. Rex is the, the true son. But when he son. went, till the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the weekend? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rex, it was funny, wasn't it? Because he's like, oh no, honestly, Holliston, Holliston is so yeah. near. I could literally yeah. get you on the next train. <laughs> so would you like to stay for longer? Till the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, please have more Trevor forever. Um, very interesting idea here from Terry White. Hi, says, Terry. Not Terry Waite. He has never been chained to a radiator as far as I know this one. He said... It's more than a radiator. Early 2020, the Archer's long-term planning meeting establishes where characters and storylines will be at the end of 2021. Then lockdown. With historical episodes, monologues, fewer episodes, everything falls apart. So the recent weirdness is, I believe, an unavoidably clumsy way of getting everything back to where it should have been. Adam's departure from Home Farm, which took about a fortnight, was meant to run for six months. The commute from hell to work for Christian, the employer from hell, was similarly meant to drag on and on. The ridiculous wet set week with Francis Barber was a clunky shortcut to establish Justin and Lillian as investors looking for a target. The breakup of Alice and Chris was probably meant to take a lot longer. Ben and Beth would have taken weeks rather than days to get together. But now we're close to the final piece of the jigsaw being hammered into its necessary place. Uh-huh. Then we can move into 2022 as though nothing went awry. <laughs> Your thoughts, he said. Ah. Uh, that sort I, of makes sense, actually. Yes. I can see why, I can see, yeah, like the, 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 the making them it, it obvious that they've got money that they're looking to invest and sort mm. of that strange thing. Yeah. That and the Alice sense. and Chris, although I do think there is, I, 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 I think as well, they're keen, just keen to get a few celebs involved, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Or like good voices, like, yeah. you know, there's Francis Barber, we had yeah. Margot Cabon Smith, yeah. now we've got Julian RT. Yeah. Yes. Just quirking things up. But maybe yeah. that's thing, maybe it is all a bit of filler and fluff until, yeah, things yeah, are back on track. Yeah, until we get back to where we should, everything's in place to start 2022. Huh, interesting. Interesting. Um, Rebecca Symington or Symington. Hi, Rebecca. I apologise for Symington. I just pronounced your name wrong. Symonington. Um, I wanted to register as being a huge... Oh, we're taking register now. Rebecca, <laughs> here. Uh, as being a huge fan of your podcast, I followed other Archers groups, but finally feel I have found a home in yours. Oh, oh my God, that's so nice. You are welcome, oh, oh, Rebecca. Thanks. Shut the door, put the kettle on. I live in Paris, she says. Oh, la la, oh la la. It, it may sound glamorous, but although the city and France are beautiful, some here rarely show more zest for life than Adam or Shula. I haven't found many <laughs> Archers listeners here either. I wanted to thank Mr. Newby for sharing his story. I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression three years ago, something I think I may have been carrying for a while. In the end, I left a job with no new job, so I did have a little empathy for Adam's action last week. I agree, however, that if he had to steal five grand for an electric bill, how can he afford to walk out of a job? And wouldn't we all like to be fruit pickers at heart? But we can't for very practical reasons. 
Uh, what Mr. Newbie did was very brave and inspiring. It made me appreciate your podcast all the more. You three and your listeners are all fabulously entertaining with deep empathy. Much love, Rebecca. P.S. Harriet, I agree your podcast could do with a swoosh in between segments. <laughs> well, I think we now have a swoosh because somebody I, very I lovely think, has said that. I actually, Lucy, I've had, no, I've had a better idea. What? We're going we're gonna to have a badger. A bad, yeah. A, what, I think snuffling? we should have to- no. I think we should have Tony just shouting badger <laughs> <laughs> whenever we need to change the subject. Badger, yes, right. oh, get us out of here. Do you know what? Now, thanks to you, Miss Carm. Oh, and we're now Carmichael and Freeman because according to Trevor, you can only have it in them. Um, yeah. So, Miss Carmichael of Carmichael and Freeman. Um, we sound like really dodgy solicitors or something, yeah, don't we? Yeah, it just doesn't Carmichael sound very and glamorous, does Wills it? Wills and... Yeah. Yes. It just doesn't... Yeah, no. Not, 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 no. I think uh, Lucy and Hazza would be... Hazza. Lucy and Hazza. Hattie Lulu. Or Lariat. Hattie Lulu. Hattie Lulu. That sounds like one of those people that make incredibly expensive children's clothes. And they, they look really good. And you pick them and say, oh, that's pretty. <gasps> My God. And they're like 125 yes. pounds for a pair of tiny, weedy yeah. dungarees. Tulip and cocoa. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or chocolate and snot or whatever. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, yes. So we have, uh, we now have swishies courtesy of mm. uh, Dunja, who uh, I will download all his swishes and things that he very, very kindly sent. Uh, oh, later. Thank you so much. We love it when people send us I know. stuff. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Anything. you know, I mean, audio stuff is very good, but champagne is equally wonderful. Yes. Not to drink, of course, just for sound effects. Yes. Oh, yes. Because we for just need to keep Because every time Lillian is on, we have to do a cork pop. Oh, Lucy, they used the tea sound effect. I know. When they were having a drink, yeah. when they were having some wine. Oh, no, I know it was the Harvest Festival, wasn't yeah. it? And Jill and Rex <laughs> yeah. were having a, just a small glass of wine. Sit down and, and have, in, a, have an enormous went mug of tea again. <laughs> a huge teapot went in. <laughs> I thought of you. Um, um, yes, no, because of you. Merci beaucoup, Rebecca. Merci beaucoup. Because of you, I Bisous. now cannot say to um, myself or anybody else to remember mm-hmm. their mask without shouting, Mask! Because I always remember <laughs> you saying about. Um, Oh, oh God. Tony. No, it wasn't uh, Tony. No, it was um, Alistair's dad. Jim Lloyd. Jim, yeah. yes. Mask. mask. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just about to go to the post office earlier and then said out loud, mask, because <laughs> I realised I'd forgotten it. Anyway. Uh, um, uh, this is from Sarah Kelway. I've been Sarah. meaning to email you for yonks and to bung you a bit of dosh for your marvellous podcast. Oh, stop thank it. you, Sarah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry I thank you. don't stop it do not stop it Sarah Um, I've been listening right from the beginning and I absolutely love tuning in usually when I'm doing the washing up on a weeknight and chuckling my way around the kitchen my mum always listened to the archers when I was growing up and we had to sit silently if dinner coincided with 7.03 to 7.15 our meal accompanied by strange old men with country accents and hooting old women talking about church bazaars I remember being distraught one night when someone's dog got shot and rather disgusted when a strange hippie lady gave birth in a tent at Glastonbury. <laughs> um, that was uh, William's dog got shot and Kate gave birth in a tent. Roll on 25 to 30 years and I'm putting my toddler through the same abuse. I got very worried when he was screaming his head off once as a tiny baby. Then when the Archer's theme tune came on, he went quiet and calmed down. Another time when I, he was about eight months old, I caught him bouncing in his high chair and clapping when Barrett Green started playing. What have I done? 
lovely. Anyway, it is so good knowing I'm not the only archer's nut under the age of 75. <laughs> I love hearing your takes on it each week and found myself wanting to join in. I'm writing this not long after hearing that Bert has toddled off through the pearly gates, fork and trowel in hand, maybe with some nice rhyming couplets for Frida when he gets there. Aww. I'm glad he got to win her cup this year and I'm predicting a Bert Fry shield for the most magnificent marrow or similar next year. Not, as she said, she, she hopes we spend the money on some ridiculous sound effects. Lots of love, <laughs> Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Aww, that is lovely. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, that is a great idea. That I'm going to start... Making the kids have tea when the archers yeah, is on. Yeah, shush, shush, mummy's programme, to, mummy's exactly, programme. Exactly. Quiet, darling. I mean, mm. of course it'll I never don't, I don't want to hear how you did at school. Shush. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> shush. <laughs> Let mummy pour my wine in peace, yeah. darlings. <laughs> and then put yourselves to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mummy's having a little sleepy now. <laughs> shush, shush, shush. Just mummy's special pills, yeah. darling. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> mummy's sweeties for mummy's bad leg <laughs> uh, yeah very now, good idea do you remember Miss Carmichael do you remember yeah last week that we caused something of a contretemps between two best friends oh, when yes. we talked about Willa and the handsome brothers oh, God, and then her awful. best friend said hang on a minute <laughs> so awkward <laughs> yep well it gets more awkward oh my god yep. willa has now <laughs> what, dr willa to you dr willa hammett brown yes dear wonderful humans she says <laughs> oh is that a bit passive aggressive probably yes um <laughs> she says that she's gone back to um uh she goes back she's gone back to teaching and she said uh, when I went to whatever I was doing, to my astonishment, you two read out an email from Mr. Martin Tunstall. <gasps> I am writing today to put to bed some of his scurrilous <gasps> accusations. Oh, to begin with, yes, he did introduce me to the archers, and yes, it was on a road trip across the States. It was called the Rose and Ghosts Tour, and we hit up Salem, a haunted penitentiary, a haunted asylum in West Virginia, and narrowly missed being forced by Martin's husband to spend an entire day under a trestle bridge in Kentucky that is apparently haunted by a half-sheep, half-humanid cryptid. Half-human oh cryptid. Martin made us all listen to the archers, and while most of the car got resentful, I got hooked. Since then, it is very much our thing. Not least because David, Martin's long-suffering husband, only listens to comment on how Adam sounds hot. Adam does not sound hot. He, he is, does sound a bit hot. He, he does. He's, he's, very, he's very low. Yeah, that's because he's nodding off all the time. He's, uh. So, here is where the lies and misdirections begin, she says. First of all, Martin enthusiastically agrees that Adam sounds hot. And I want you to bear that in mind when you digest anything he says about my brother... Of which there is indeed only one. There is a sister too. But more importantly, I only don't invite him to the Ambridge Gin and Gossip Society because it takes place at 1am GMT on a Tuesday. But, oh my God. Yeah, but that's because they're in America and we're here, aren't we? Yes. Oh. So they don't do it at 1am. We do it at 1am. But I would hate to let this come between us. We've been friends a long time and I like to use his guest room. So I'm using this opportunity to officially invite him to join us. Yay! Yes, we are asking him to drink heavily while picking apart an agrarian soap opera from 1 to 3 a.m. on a school night. But if he truly values our friendship, I assume that's no barrier. Your move, Martin. Love to you all. Oh my God. Most especially at this moment, Mr. Newbie. Willa. <laughs> oh, wow. I yeah. just sort of can't get over the ghost tour, lying under a haunted bridge listening to the archers. 
No, they were in the car listening to the archers. They were lying under the trestle bridge in Kentucky, waiting for a half-sheep, half-human cryptid. (laughs) Were they just on drugs? I think so. (laughs) And also, listening to the archers on drugs (laughs) would be better, wouldn't it? (laughs) Would get you hooked, to be honest. To be honest, I think it's the only way to listen to the archers. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'd just like to know more about that trip. It sounds amazing, doesn't it? Yeah, they're like Ghostbusters. Yeah. I don't know. She didn't um, say if they well, saw I, anything. I presume no, she'd have mentioned if they'd seen I, that that's half the sheep. Thing. I, I, I feel like there wasn't enough information in that. Email. Half sheep, but... half human cryptid sounds like Ed Grundy. I think that's probably what they were. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. It all sounds a bit confused. Like mm. it was a sort of um, all a bit of an, uh, yes, uh, mm. or a hallucination. Yeah. But um, I'm glad that. Was it um, a dream, Willa, or did it really happen? <laughs> Are these people real, Lucy? I don't know. I've been listening to so many of these true crime podcasts where people pretend to be somebody else by setting up a fake email address. I now think that all of these emails are just coming from one person. And it's like we're in the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, and they're now having rows with each other. (laughs) The imaginary people are now rowing with each other. We're basically in the meta universe. Oh, God. We're like meta. Oh, my God, this is brilliant. I love that we're a meta podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should write that in the headlines. Okay. A meta podcast on the archers. Okay. All right. We'll do that. As nobody knows what meta means, it's fine, (laughs) including that Facebook idiot who's just called his company that. But anyway, there we are. (laughs) Ah, Good. Uh, Shall we do a bit of scripty scripty? Oh, Oh, I was really enjoying that. Aren't there any more emails? No, there aren't. You'll have to tell people to... Can you all please email in to stop Harriet getting bored? No, no, it's just because obviously usually we record this on, you know, on a busy afternoon when, when you, I have when to go and pick up children or something. Or you've and forgotten I'm quite... to do an audition that somebody's <laughs> yes, screaming at you to about. to do an audition. So I'm usually clock watching. But because it's the evening... And I'm you've got a glass relaxed. of wine and you've got your feet up... <laughs> Picking your nose, staring out the window. Yes, having a How lovely time. How did you time, know? Right? I thought there were no cameras. You've got your camera. Uh, and now we cross over to the bull, where Jolene's making plans for Halloween. Thanks for coming, everyone. As we managed to miss out on income over the last two years, despite the fact that as a pub we managed to remain open entirely illegally throughout COVID, the bull needs to recoup its losses. We've decided a big Halloween event is the way to do it. I love a bit of trick-or-treating. Last year I went as a man who's going to kick your door in. It was very productive. It's going to be a bit more than trick-or-treating, Terry. Kenan and I have put our heads together. Well, I've put mine together anyway. And we've decided to do zombie night at the Bull. Emma's got some great menu ideas. I mean, basically, it's the same cakes she always does, but with scary eyes and teeth on them. She found a load of teeth in the skip outside the laurels, so she's upcycling them. And you lot dress up and wander around with blood dripping out of your mouths, arms hanging off, that sort of thing. Zombies. Oh, God, really, darling, that sounds gruesome. It's supposed to. We've got a loom. I'm only short. I can't loom. 
I could try heels, I suppose. Oh, what, what do I wear? I'm not chopping any sleeves off anything. Although I've got a Marina Rinaldi, I wouldn't mind hacking about, as Justin says it makes me look like a clapped-out weather girl. You need to be wearing something white, ideally. White shirt, got that. Court appearances. And it's got to be bloodstained. No problem. I was going to do a wash tonight, but I'll leave it. I'm going to have to wear my normal jeans as I need somewhere for my two phones. And what do we do? Jump out from behind doors, lunge at them, headlock or weapons? Blimey, Terry, you're not allowed to actually touch them. That's assault. I've been thinking, darling, I don't want to be a zombie. I want to be a sexy vampire lady. You know, long black dress, all booby and dark red lipstick. Well, you could pretend to snog them to death. Exactly, darling. Oh, that's a much better idea. Snogging them isn't allowed either. No hitting, no weapons, no sexual molestation. Haven't you ever been to a Halloween event? I went to that thing at Lower Loxley a couple of years back. Took the grandkiddies. Some burke dressed as the Joker scared my Madison after death. He wasn't laughing after I kicked him in the orangery. Oh, and there was that thing at Gay Grable's. All the lights went out. Somebody jumped off the balcony. There were screams coming from the kitchen and someone ran past with bandages. It was really terrifying. Oh, no, hang on, that was in May. Oh, it must have just been a bad night. So we saw it then. I wander around in a bloodstained shirt, looming and waving a fake arm around. And Lillian comes dressed as Nicola Adams. That doesn't sound right. Wasn't she on Strictly? No, black and white telly. A series. Man that looked foreign, bloke with the bolts and that little thing with the hair over his eyes. Claudia Winkleman? No, you know. They're smelly and they're stupid. You know. Oh, yes. I had no idea that was Nicola Adams. Oh, she's very good for her age. Well, that sounds brilliant to me, darling. Lots of fun. I'll start dodging the carbs now if I'm going to get into that dress. I really don't think you've got the idea of this at all. I'm not sure it's going to work. It just doesn't sound scary enough. Well, we'll do our best, Jolene. Don't worry. And if that doesn't shit them up, you can always offer to sing. And now we can cross to Mr. Newbie to find out how the romance of the century with Beverly Drains is going. <laughs> Although I quite fancied a quiet night in, I went up to Harvest Festival after all because Rex had promised me that Jill was doing a set and was going to be working blue. Imagine my disappointment when not only did I not get any rude jokes, but I had to listen to Bert for ten minutes too. If I say ten minutes, I'm pretty sure he went on longer than that, but I nipped off to the loo and by the time I was sure it was safe to come out, everybody had gone home. So I let myself out and went round to Beverly's to see if I could get a nightcap, or failing that, a snog. Unfortunately, earlier in the evening I'd succumbed to temptation and enjoyed one of Wayne's famous pilchard egg and onion sandwiches, so that was that. Home to bed by myself again. I decided to make it up to the lovely Miss Drains by taking her up Lakey Hill the next day. She seemed hugely keen when I called to suggest it, but then somehow disappointed when I turned up in my walking boots, a brightly coloured cagoule from Mountain Warehouse and a knapsack full of Kendall Mint Cake. I'm not sure I understand women. Anyway, we had a lovely walk and on our way down we bumped into Blake. He seemed at a bit of a loose end and as I'm not really sure how to properly care for Pigling Bland, I asked him whether he was any good at looking after pigs. 
He said not, but that he expected that Jenny must be pretty good at it by now, so why not ask her? I'm not sure we were talking about the same thing, but nonetheless, maybe I will. Anyway, Beverly said she needed to wax her moustache, but without asking potentially disastrous questions, I couldn't decide whether she meant removing it or styling it, so I took her home and left her to it. On my way back to nine and three quarters of the green, though, I slipped off the curb and sprained my ankle. Not too badly, but I was still in quite some pain and was thus delighted to see Ben walking down the road towards me. I yelled out to him for help, but I think he must have suddenly realised he'd forgotten something because he ran off in the other direction. Poor Ben. I hope it wasn't anything important. Later on that evening, I hobbled up to the ball for a beer and a bite to eat and maybe even a game of cribbage or something. Strangely, even though it was well before closing time, the place was completely deserted except for a full pint, a cheese and pickle sandwich and a pickled egg sitting on a table. Well, as there was nobody around to serve me, I thought it would be alright if I gave them a good home, so even though the beer was a bit warm and flat and the sandwich was starting to turn up at the corners, I left a tenner on the bar and took the egg home for pickling. Even she turned her nose up at it though. Maybe I'll slowly make my way through the menu at the chippy until I find something she likes. We're having Cod Road tomorrow. Lovely. I get the feeling things aren't going too well with Beverly somehow, although I can't quite put my finger on why, so I decided to invite her to the drive-in movie night at Lower Loxley. The problem is, though, that I don't have a car, so I went off round the village to try and find a loner, preferably one with wiped clean seats. Tried Johnny, but his motor was in pieces as usual, and although Jazza was happy to lend me his car, it turned out to be the milk float, and I'd have had to unload a couple of hundredweight of pasteurised orange juice, tizer and strawberry yoghurt before I could use it. I had a brainwave, though, and stuck my head in to see Harrison. He said he'd got no idea where his car was, as he hadn't used it in about six months, but he knew it was in the village somewhere, so he handed me the keys and told me that if I could find it, I could have it for the night. Anyway, there it was, parked right in front of his house, so that was me sorted. I'm not sure Harrison's cut out for this detecting malarkey, though. Far be it for me to suggest that Ambridge's social options are a bit limited, but Beverly and I found ourselves in the bull again on Thursday. It was a bit strange, though, because as soon as we walked in, Eddie handed us a piece of paper with a time on it, and almost before we got our drinks and sat down, Leonard had yelled BADGER at us and made us go and sit with a fellow we didn't recognise. It turned out that his name was Trevor, and I'm not going to lie, almost as soon as we sat down, the evening took a turn for the worse. As many of you already know, I'm an accountant, and as such, have certain standards with regard to personal interaction. I can wow a crowd with my tales of double-entry mishaps, but Trevor was in a whole different league. His amusing anecdotes about trains and Strasbourg sangers were an absolute laugh riot, and although I trotted out my very best IFRS 16 yarns, lease liabilities are always a surefire people-pleaser in my experience. Once he started on double-act naming conventions, I could tell that I was fighting a losing battle. I fear that for Beverly, the grass is now very much greener on the other side. I don't know where this Trevor fella came from, but wherever it is, I very much hope he sods off back there soon. That's it from me this week, but tune in next Sunday for a full report on the movie night and whether or not I've managed to stop myself from trying to slap all of the smug out of Russ. Until then, take care, everybody. Bye-bye. There'll be another podcast up next week, so subscribe to us on iTunes and you'll never miss an episode. And please give us a review and we will give you big snogs. Bisous, uh, bisous, bisous. And in the meantime, if you'd like to contact us, please do. You can email ambridgeonthecouch at gmail.com and give us your comments or any questions for Mr. Newbie. We are at on Ambridge on Twitter, or you can follow Mr. Newbie on Twitter at Newbie Couch. Oh, I don't want it to end, but it's the end. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I haven't done all my notes. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, we've been through your notes, haven't we? Badger! Yours said badger, mine said what are the things. So it was really helpful having the notes. Yeah. I'm going to listen back to that thing. And it also episode. said Carmichael and Freeman, just in case I forgot either of our names. That's, yeah. In case you needed a solicitor. <laughs> yes, I have some conveyancing that needs to. Um, in the meantime, it's goodbye from all of us and have a lovely week. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 